Hello everyone, welcome to another episode of Mwamba Fears the Podcast. This is your host with the most, and Mwamba Papa Moyo, AM to PM. Today's episode, I am very excited about this. I have my local uh, reverend um, here on the show with me. Her name is Leah Marumo. She's part of the Methodist Church, um, and the Methodist Church for me is really up the road from my house. And um, over time, I've gotten to know her, and I thought it would be interesting to have her on the show because I think like anyone, we all struggle with our spirituality, Christianity, if that's your chosen denomination. Um, So I thought, let me just have someone on the show to help me navigate some of the questions that I feel that a lot of people may have. So without further ado, I welcome Reverend Leah. How are you? morning and good morning listeners thank you for having me this morning oh brilliant it's nice to have you on how have you been uh, i've been keeping well and trying to keep safe but all under god's grace oh brilliant so i mean i was just sharing in my intro that you're a reverend and um when i was growing up i was uh, born and raised catholic and um, only in marriage did i become methodist um what is your background what is your upbringing yeah so Unfortunately, I grew up in a home that, you know, my dad was not really a church person and my mom was hopping from church to church, yeah. um, trying to look for a home for all of us and especially for my dad's sake because, you know, her dream was that we can worship together as a family. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, and my dad somehow loved Methodist Church. And this, I remember I was at Sunday school, you know, I started Sunday school at Methodist Church and I fell in love with God at the Methodist Church. So, Mm. yeah, I I thank my mom for never giving up on my dad, which obviously was to um, lay foundation for all of us. Okay, so then, I mean, it it sounds like your mom then was the more um, church going or more Christian and and your dad, was he not or... uh he just needed to find he, the right he was home not yeah no he he was not interested i think this could be because um you know the church that they went to when he was growing up um was more a staunch um you know kind of a protestant church mm-hmm. which he didn't enjoy you know he's more of a contemporary guy relaxed um you know so i think he was looking for something that would speak to his spirit yes and yeah and and, and luckily to my mom who never gave up on him you know, okay found it so, so you say that you know you you fell in love with it at sunday school how did you really discover your calling because i mean most of us went to sunday school and and we came out and nothing happened you know <laughs> so was there something <laughs> in, uh, in 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 the Sunday school that, you know, made you feel like this is your calling, you're called into your ministry? You know, and it's so funny because in the Sunday school, I just fell in love with all the activities that we're doing there. Yeah. You know, the teachers were amazing. Um, you know, my fellow Sunday schoolers were so incredible, made me feel welcome, you know, at the Methodist Church and never did I feel like a visitor within their own little beautiful community, you know? So, and I felt, I think I, I fell in love more with the people mm. and how they acted toward me uh, more than the church itself. You know, okay. I was too young to even know who God is, feel God in any way. So I think for me, it was more on 
activities and you know just being in the presence of those amazing people okay so i mean that means that even say you went to nursery school or whatever that then you would have felt comfortable there because it's the same sort of environment you know playful joyous and that sort of thing so it wasn't necessarily where you felt your calling or was it not at the Sunday school, I felt my calling through the church. However, the difference between Nazari school and I went to also a, a very wonderful place, you know, for, for my Nazari schooling. Mm-hmm. Um, but the difference was that there was just something attractive about this community. You know, mm-hmm. it was same age group, mm-hmm. um, you know, having teachers. You have teachers at the preschool, but there was just something different and i think that was god obviously i was too young to understand god and the movement of the spirit Mm. but you know i could feel there was something different for me when i go to sunday school but later on as i was growing up in the church i loved the church so much i would go to all activities and one of the things that um you know they invited me to go to was the confirmation Right. And and my mom was also very strict on all her children mm. to attend confirmation classes. So I attended confirmation class and that's where I started to understand, you know, the reality of God, who God is and you know, how can I involve my God I mean myself, you know, in, in the things of God. Mm. And that's where my relationship with God developed. And that's actually where I caught my call. <laughs> okay. So like for, for the regular person like me, wh- when you get that call, what, what, what are you feeling? What, what is going through your head? Cause you know, I think we watch so many movies and uh, Hollywood maybe has uh, spoiled it for us, um, that we're expecting these miracles and, um, I don't know, flashing lights and, you know, fireworks, something like that. But sometimes it, it just happens in the stillness. So what was it for you? So for me, it was the confirmation service itself. We Mm -hmm. had this minister. He was a male minister and he was very involved with the youth ministry. Mm -hmm. And um, by then I was also new in the youth ministry right from children's church. And, you know, so he wanted to know from the heart of young people one by one, what would you like to do when you grow up? Right. And, you know, it was a lot of us. So you can imagine the service took like three hours and more. <laughs> and he would go, you know, like really listen to each young person. What right. do they want to do when they finish school? Yeah. And it didn't matter whether you said something related to church or not. Yeah. And, you know, my friends were all saying, and we were a lot of girls than boys. And a lot of the girls were saying they want to be ministers' wives. So I'm a Muslim. In my language, when you say minister or minister's wife as a woman, you can use the words mamuruti. Yes. You know, sometimes when you are a minister as a woman, they call you mamuruti. Yes. But that also, you know, can be called if you are married to a minister. Okay. So when it got, I'd rather be a minister. So indeed, I said, I want to be muruti, you know, yes. and not mamuruti. So the whole church stood and applaud for me. Oh, wow. And that said, you know, that moment, I never forgot it. And yeah, so I just felt the warmth of God in my heart and my spirit was so free, you know, just the applauding. Mm. When, you know, it was like I was being welcomed into something different that I longed to be part of. 
and yeah you know i grew up in a very small community um in moretele the outskirts of pretoria so from then onwards mm -hmm. everybody in the community from small to big to senior citizens mm -hmm. you know they reminded me that i'm going to be a minister one day yeah <laughs> And and so that's and that's what's happened. Was cultivated. <laughs> Sorry, Anne. No, I'm saying, and and that's exactly what has happened. Absolutely, absolutely. When I finished matric, um, my dad had different dreams, you know, for all of us, his children, mm -hmm. and he wanted us to be doctors. I did very well at school. Yeah. Um. You know, I had acquired exemption for my matric certificate, and I was ready to go for medicine. Yeah. But um. You know, my heart was more with where God was calling me. And I went to John Wesley College to mm -hmm. study first. I wanted to study and understand theology mm -hmm. um, before I could go for, you know, for ministry itself. And yeah, it took me about three years and I was in ministry. So I actually came into ministry at a very young age. Mm. So, I mean, it's interesting that you say the community right after that service then kept calling you or referring to you as minister, and it, it sort of cemented that calling. Um, I just wonder sometimes, you know, um, sometimes people are called, but because it's not um, something that is nurtured, then then they lose it. Is, is, there, is, is there a way to maybe lose momentum, not necessarily lose the calling? Is there a way that people can always, you know, find the, themselves back to center, to, back to their calling or purpose, do you think? Yes, and I think that for me, it's, it's, it's very imperative that the community we immerse ourselves in, it's so important because somehow it will affect your way of life. Yes. And it's so important for us as people to know who we are associating ourselves with. Mm. Because, you know, if I associate myself with people who are unchurched, you know, and at the same time, I, I want to go to church. Mm. So there is that way that you can be pulled out and pulled back very quickly and easily. Mm. You know, so we, 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 we do um, affect... Um, or influence one another in you know in some way in life. Mm. And I was lucky that my community was a big influencer of my calling. Yeah. You know, even though I was feeling it, and you can imagine as a young person, mm. um, you know, I had no confidence in doing this at all, thinking I can stand in front of people and preach. Yeah. You know, I mean that was so daunting. But I had these people who were behind me and who believed that I could do it. Yeah. So um, you obviously a Christian because we were talking about the Methodist Church and, and all of that. A lot of times I've heard people talk about their spiritual, you know, their spiritual beings. So um, in your understanding, what is the difference between a spiritual person and a Christian? So, and that is a very interesting question because, mm. um, you know, our spirituality is... The, the building of our spirits, yes. you know, because every person is built up in many aspects of life. You mm. have your physical, um, you know, part, your emotional, psychological, spiritual, and so forth. Mm -hmm. So the, the spirituality comes from your spirit. Everyone has a spirit that also needs to be nurtured, to be taken care of, you yeah. know. And, 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 and we follow our spirits in different ways of life so some people are christian some um you know there are many other religions out there where mm -hmm. people 
become that, you know, but all of that feed into your spirit, which becomes your spirituality. Yeah. So there's a huge difference between Christianity and spirituality. Okay. So, and, and seeing that everyone has you know, a spirit, like you're saying, um, is, is that the same? And, and I'm, I'm just saying this because I, I really don't know. Is that the same as the Holy Spirit or is that now talking Christianity? Christianity is a religion, yes. which is something that we don't have within us. Okay. You know, it's something that we, we can belong to. Right. You know? So I am a Christian because I choose to believe in God, who is um, God the parent or father of all, as it is said in the Bible. Mm-hmm. Um, God the Son, who is Jesus Christ, the Savior of all, and God the Holy Spirit. Um, and that is the doctrine of, you know, the, in, in terms of what Christianity is, you know, the doctrine of God in mm-hmm. understanding um, the religion of Christianity. But the spirituality mm-hmm. is who I am. You know, I don't have to believe in something for me to have spirit. I have okay. spirit. I am created as a being mm-hmm. that has spirit in them. Okay. And spirituality comes in me nurturing my spirit um, okay. in, in one way or form. Okay. I, I don't know if you get that. No, I think that that's fine. That's clear. And, and I've never really thought about it that way because they've always been just uh, such floating concepts that, you know, sometimes you just taking it back to basics makes it clear. We are born with spirit. Everyone has that. Whereas Christianity, you choose to do it. Absolutely. And... You know, I mean, a lot of people who do not belong to any religion still have the spirit. The spirit of God is in them. And this, you know, takes us to um, the doctrine of Christology, you know, that Jesus Christ saved all of us because he knew that all of us are creation of God. Yes. We are part of God's plan. Mm. So it doesn't matter whether at that moment you believe or not. Yeah. Um, one of the founders of the Methodist Church, John Wesley, speaks of prevenient grace. Mm-hmm. You know, before you become aware of this beauty of who God is, mm-hmm. you know, the, the grace of God, mm. that is the grace that goes before you. Yes. You know, um, that you, you are born within the love of God. Right. Um, that cares for you, that is there for you. Okay. So, I mean, you've shared how you've um, sort of found your calling um, through this confirmation service, through, um, you know, going to to the, the school um, with church. But with everyone else, um, what do you think helps us find what our purpose is, our calling? How do you nurture that? Because I think a lot of us are wandering around a bit lost as to what we are brought here for, because I would believe that everyone is born with a purpose but how do we go you know how do you think we go around finding what that is but i think yes everyone has a purpose and you know i think everyone's purpose is for me within the will of god um it is to firstly know the reason you are created why you are who you are you know to to understand your gifts and your talents and how you can nurture them mm. and you exercise them in a way that you can become the the greatest gift in the world that God has created you to be. 
you know, and I think it is a journey, you know, an individual journey, obviously within the community that people need to take individually. And sometimes right. we take it also as a, you know, as a collective. But you as an individual, you need to go on a journey where you can discover yourself, you can discover your purpose, you can really get to know why why, why you, you are the person you are, you know? And not, not about what you love doing, what's your hobby, but what is it that God has created you to be? What do you thrive in? Mm. Um, you know, what, what, what makes your soul to become free and what fulfills you? Yes. I think those are the things that can help us to, to navigate our, you know, our, our, our ways of knowing our purposes which is definitely within the will of God. Mm. I, I, I like that. Um, and, and, and I like the, the, the fact that you said where your soul thrives, you know, where you're thriving, not just, you know, having fun or whatever, but, but really living fully. Um, I think a lot of us take that for granted that we, there's certain things that we thrive in, but because we take it for granted, we don't, don't actually know that that's exactly where our purpose lies. You know, um, I really do think, and this is me talking as, um, you know, as Leah, yeah. you know, and I think a, a, a lot of people, we, we like to separate ourselves and I don't think we can, you know, once you know your purpose, that speaks to the inner person that you are, which you carry with your outer being. Yes. Um, so, so I, I, I never really see myself as Leah, just a friend, Leah, just a mother, Leah, just a, a minister, Leah, just a student, but Leah as a whole. Yes. Um, yeah. You know, and I think it is in seeing you for who you are that you get to thrive. You mm. know, some of us are called to be moms and you can thrive in being a great mom. Yeah. You know? Um, yeah. So I think it's that. Okay. Um, I want to talk about prayer. I know you've always mentioned, or I've heard you mention a couple of times to say that you love prayer. And that is probably one of the biggest aspects I personally struggle with because I don't know if it's a thing of not knowing how to pray or what am I supposed to say? <laughs> um, and maybe the frustration of not getting a, you know, audible um, uh, feedback. Um, what is it about prayer for you? What is prayer for you? It came at a time where I needed it. And this was when my mom passed away, you know, and one of my spiritual mentors told me that I should pray to God about this because I really struggled to get out of, you know, that place of grief. Yes. And, um, you know, and, and my struggle was that I always pray, but why can't I hear anything from God? And I remember her saying to me that you can communicate with anyone. Why can't you communicate with God? Because prayer is communication. Right. You know, if you can, if you're able to communicate with anybody, that means you can communicate with God. And also remember that God is not like this, um, you know, big person in front of you that you need to only uh, relate to him in one way. That mm. God can become a friend. God can become a mother god can become a father so the ears of god to our prayers are different and according to how we feel at that time and our needs at the at a time mm. so you know this taught me that you know praying is more 
about not about what I need from God, but about what I feel at that time mm. and what I need to, to get across to God. Mm. And, 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 you know, I got comfortable in doing that because I could, in my own imagination, I could picture God being my mom. Right. You know, I could picture God being a friend at times. I could picture God being like a, a healer at times when I needed healing. And there is God really healing me because I'm talking to the healer now, now mm. you know, I'm talking to a physician. Yeah. Um, and in terms of the answering, and I think that's where, you know, most of us get stuck. And I yeah. also, you know, experienced that before is that, yes, maybe God isn't audible, but we see God with his movement of the Holy Spirit through actions and, and, and through things when they happen. Mm. You know, if I'm praying for healing um, and when I get healed, I know that is God mm. because I pray believing that I will, I will heal. Mm. You know, so when I'm praying for happiness, I, I wait and expect happiness in my heart. Mm. And when I receive that, I know it's God. Mm. You know, and, and that is the movement of the Holy Spirit. You feel it, you know it, you know, the presence is obvious. Um, but that is something that, you know, we need to allow ourselves to get used to. Yeah. You know, and, and you know, prayer is not like us knowing what to say and you know, mm. saying these big words and yeah. these terminologies. But it's actually a simple communication to God, opening your heart honestly and, you know, just saying what you need and God hears and God does answer prayers. Must it be done in a certain way, though? Um, because I find a lot of times for me, I'll be maybe, you know, doing some a simple task. I'll be washing dishes. Um, but in my head, I'm having this conversation um, with God or, you know, like you're saying, sometimes you, you see him as a friend, you see him as a healer, you see him as a physician, um, as a parent, depending on where you are exactly. Um, is that enough to just have that that thought, that conversation in your head? Or must it be on your knees? Must it be, you know, in a private room, you know, the war room? The, how must it be done? The omnipresence of God um, tells us that God is everywhere, mm -hmm. right? But also it's important for us to be guided by the word of God, yes. the scripture itself. So, and there are a couple of places which are very contextual. You know, when, for example, when Jesus was talking to his disciples and when he said to them, when you pray, you need to go to your room and close your, close your door and pray. Yes. And that is a private prayer. It's yes. not a collective prayer because when we are together, there's no way we can go into our own private rooms and close doors, yes. you know, and pray and come back together to worship. So this was contextual and prayer is contextual. Mm. You know, it's up to what's happening at that time mm. and where you are. So, so, so if it's a daily prayer, you can be on your bed and you can pray in your bed. However, you need to be empowered by the word of God. So you need to know, you know, the word for you to be able to reach God and for God to reach you. Mm. You know, and I think that is the most important, that we don't keep the weight out of it. Um, you know, if you are at the altar, I think it will make sense for you to kneel and to pray at the altar. Mm. You know, but there, there isn't, and this is my feeling, that there isn't 
a stricter way of God in his expectation of us to be when we pray. Yeah. Um, as I said, we meet God in different pictures, in different ways in life. And I don't see God as a friend saying to me, go down on your knees and pray to me right now. You right. Know? I see God as a friend, as someone who uh, at that time I will need, um, you know, someone who can hold my hand and say, Leah, it will be okay. That will be that kind of God. Um, you know, so very contextual, always bring in the word of God. Let the word be your guide, mm. be your soul guide. Right. It doesn't matter where you are. You can be on the mountain. You can be um, at home in, you know, in your kitchen baking. You can pray over your house baking, over yes. your family baking. You know, God hears. Say the right words. God will hear. So I think that's, you see, now you say, say the right words. Now we're all wondering which ones are the right words. <laughs> yeah. And I think for me, the words are, you know, being empowered by scripture, for an example. Yes. For me, those are the right words to know what to say to God. Mm. Because if I need healing and I just pray and say, God, help me. What is it that I want God to help me with? Mm. Do you understand? Yes. So, so the right words for me doesn't really mean that there are certain words that we need to say. Right. But what we are saying. So if, if I need God to heal my hand, I should say to God, God, please heal my hand. Yeah. You know, I should say to God, heal my child. Okay, um, so it's being specific in God prayer as well, hey? Sorry. I'm saying it's also being specific about what you're praying about. So it's just don't heal me. Heal what about me, you know? You must... Absolutely okay. right. Yes. Okay. Absolutely. So, I mean, one thing I've always questioned is, how do you know... Um, that you're not hearing your own voice versus, you know, it's discernment, basically. How, how can you discern your own voice and thoughts versus that that is God? Discernment is a big thing, especially for, for everyone. Yeah. Um, you know, us being Christians or not. Because, you know, if you're able to discern, you, you know, that can, can help you in a lot of things. So, in, you know, as Christians... It is important for us to always involve God in what we do, in who we are. So in the morning when you pray, you know that God is becoming part of your life, your conscience. You mm. know that before you even think twice, the spirit of God is already guiding you and it's there. And I think the, the heart of discernment for me, it's something so deep, something that... Um, you know, we need to be praying for. And I think it, it can also be a gift, a gift that God can give to some people who will not work as hard as others mm. and you will just know. But for some, you have to always pray for the spirit of discernment, mm. you know, so that you have that heart to discern, that you can know. But, you know, your conscience will always tell you. Yeah. But um, you need to then just sit on it and really understand, is this the right way for me? Is this God? And if it's God, a confirmation will come. Mm. You, know, you will know that it's God. Someone will confirm it, or somehow it will be confirmed to you, and you will know. Mm. You know God shows himself um, in many ways, and so the, those wonders and 
you know, they still come and you can see. Yeah. Yes, this is where God is calling me. This is what God is saying to me. Um, and it will be clear as well. Yeah. Can, can you give a practical example? I think just for people to, to, to see how it might work practically um, when, when something is confirmed, you know, so, so maybe you pray about something or you needed to make a decision on something and you go ahead and, and that decision is made, um, or then it's confirmed in various ways. How has this happened to you? And I can share something uh, that happened this week on Monday at school. As you know, that I'm also a teacher. Mm. That um, there was a parent who was very um, desperate to get hold of me because she needed a prayer for a friend who is in hospital. Right. And, you know, unfortunately she works. And um, I had meetings in the afternoon and I teach in the morning. The only time I could see her was between half past 12 and half past one. Right. And, you know, so we, I'm at school, I'm teaching and emails are coming back and forth and mm. trying to see when. And she was feeling in her heart that it had to be on Monday because this person we, we need to pray for, you know, has been um, in hospital, in ICU, mm. you know, brain dead and all of that. So, so then I... I, I just knew in my heart that if God wanted me to pray for this person, then God will make a plan, mm. you know. Um, and at, at half past 12, just before then, I received a call from reception to say that um, there's someone here to see me. And I'm mm. like, what happened to, he, to her work? Mm. But because um, her daughter who comes to our school had to isolate the whole grade was being sent home. Right. So because she had to to fetch her daughter, mm. you know, her boss let her go. Right. So you can see now, mm. in, 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 in that way, God had confirmed. Mm. For me, that's because you, you know in your heart that if, God, if this is what God wants me to do, mm. it will happen. Yeah. But I think, you know, what do we do also as people is that we would try by all means to help ourselves. Yes. And we could have done that on Monday, mm. you know. She could have she could have said, okay, I'm leaving work, I'm coming. Uh, this is more important. My friend needs me. He's a nice see you, whatever. Yeah. You know, but but we waited on the Lord and we trusted that God will make a plan. Mm. And it did and it did come. And it came, you know, at the right time that we both were available and could pray for this person. And just to say, and he is awake, he is a miracle. Oh um, wow. You know, God is so good. That, that that's brilliant amen um we've discussed or touched on grace um a little bit earlier in in our conversation what is grace what is god's grace simplest definition of grace it says is the unmerited favor of god mm. you know and i think that comes from the heart of god flowing from the heart of god that has that unconditional love for us mm. you know that god will love you the way you are supposed to be mm -hmm. you know and i, I know not the way you not, are it's not like a clear statement yes make, yeah you know but yeah. but that it doesn't matter who you think you are becoming or where you are at the moment or what you are trying but god knows who you are supposed to be and god will love you irrespective and that is is that grace of God, you know, that, um, you know, the love of God that is there for us, 
in, in the midst of it all, in, in our growing, in our becoming, in our struggles, mm. God is there. I love that. Unmerited favor of God. So we are constantly living in a space of grace then. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, you know, the, in terms of theology, there are stages of grace that uh, fascinates me. Um, you know, we, I mentioned earlier on the prevenient grace, you know, the grace yes. of God that finds you before mm-hmm. you become aware of God's self. Mm. And then once you become aware of God, it's called, um, you know, sanctifying grace. So mm. that's the grace of God that carries you um, to a place where you can, you know, you can... Um, Feel that you can explore your relationship with God in any way. So mm. there's a grace of God that carries you before you become aware of God. And when you become aware of God, there's you know, I think that grace multiplies in your life that now that you are aware of God, it sanctifies you, it makes you more righteous. Mm. You know, those fruits of the spirit flow and they become real in your life, that they are tangible. You can see them, you can feel them. Right. You know, and this is the covering of the grace. I love that. Um, I think we've, we've spoken on all matters that I f- felt, you know, people need to talk about. Um, we've spoken about uh, prayer. We've spoken about um, understanding your calling, discernment. Um, so I think as a last point, when, when you hear God, when you hear the word God, what, what does that mean to you? What, what is the definition of that for you? Yeah, so for me, it means someone who is omnipotent, who is omniscient, someone who, um, you know, who is so powerful in a way that is unimaginable. Mm. You know, I think just the thought of God in my mind just fascinates me because I know he created me and I'm like a drop in an ocean. But Mm. he loves me so much Mm. that um, he's able to support me in all my ways and in all my strivings, you know. So, yeah, I think God is greater than who we are. But at the same time, he is with us, mm. you know. So, yeah, I, I, defic- I, I struggle to give you a direct answer to who God is, you know. Mm. But, yeah, God is many things to many people. But to me, he's just an incredible being um, that has found me mm. for who I am and supporting me and helping me to realize God's dreams in my life. Yeah. You know, so I just feel so blessed by this incredible being that is God, but being with me. Mm, I like that. Um, you know, people always say this omnipresent, omni, and, and I, I think sometimes the word, um, you know, gets beyond them. But it's basically something that, or some, an energy, uh, if I can use that word, that transcends everything. It's, it, it's everywhere, it's all the time, but it's good. You know, it's, it's, it's light, um, it's powerful, um, it's God. <laughs> I don't know if there's another way to describe it, it's exactly that. 
Um, and I appreciate you for, you know, breaking it down for us um, and, you know, having the candid conversation with me, because I know a lot of us, um, me being a 30 something year old woman with all these life experiences, sometimes you get ahead of yourself and you forget that, you know, God's grace is carrying you through anyway, with all the troubles, with all the difficulties and the joyous moments, God is still carrying you through with his grace. Um, and I thank you for being able to come and share your insights and your perspective and breaking it down for me and the people listening. <laughs> thank you so much, and for having me. Blessings to you and blessings to all your listeners. Oh, brilliant. So, like, Leah, if, if anyone is looking for a church, where 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 can they find you? <laughs> yeah, so we worship, and I'm saying we with Anna yes. as well. <laughs> uh, we are at Northrand Methodist Church. And this is a blessed church of God, really wonderful people of, of the Lord. Um, you know, this is a, here in North Riding 174 Blanford Road. Uh, you can also um, get it on, on, on their website or as well as on Facebook if you can just search North Rand Methodist Church. Thank you. I'll put that link um, once it's published for everyone to listen and be able to, you know, find out where we are and where we can find um, a, a safe space to find out more about God and, you know, in community, which is always nice. So again, I say thank you and thank you to all my people who listen. And as always, I love you for listening and I am out.